Today's episode is brought to you by Deadline Funnel. I've been using Deadline Funnel for years for my online piano course. Dozens of guests on this podcast have mentioned that they use and love Deadline Funnel. And if you have an online course business, I recommend you use Deadline Funnel too. Evergreen funnels are amazing and nothing makes it easier or a better experience for your customers than Deadline Funnel. And they have set up a special deal just for listeners of the online course show. To learn more about Deadline Funnel and what that special deal is, head to deadlinefunnel.com slash OCG. Again, that's deadlinefunnel.com slash OCG, which is short for online course guy. Regular people are taking their knowledge and content, packaging it up in an online course, and they're making a living doing it. But not everyone is successful with online courses. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. And I'm here to help course creators actually succeed with online courses. Hi, I'm Jacques Hopkins, and this is The Online Course Show. And off we go. Welcome aboard. Glad you're with us. This is The Online Course Show. I am your host, Jacques Hopkins, and here with me is our co-host, David Crozy. Hey, what's up? And we are excited to dive into all things online courses with you today. David, welcome to episode 111 of the Online Course Show. How's it going? It is going, man. It's Chris. It's, it's, it's the holiday season, and we are doing our very best to stay on top of things this year. I feel like every year we're just like behind Christmas cards, gifts, and, and I'm just really, my wife and I are trying to stay on top of things. I'm even you know, going to try to get my Christmas lights up here. You know, I, I feel bad putting Christmas lights up so late because then you don't ha- get to enjoy them for, for very long. But I'm also not, you know, decorate for Christmas before Thanksgiving guy either. Sure. What's going on with you? <laughs> not a whole lot. I mean, we're doing this call on the weekend. And so got out for a good bike race yesterday. And today I was recording a bunch, a bunch of videos over at my office on how to have better sleep. So I feel like I've accomplished a lot. What's can you give us like one big like eighty twenty principle tip for getting better sleep? Natural calm magnesium. It's like a supplement that just yeah people come in and they're like oh my god I'm sleeping so much better. Nice. Is that something you take every night? I don't. My wife does, and and all of my staff do. I probably take it just if I feel a little bit wound up. Also, millet pillows. I I described it in one of the videos. I said it's like being back in your mother's womb. So it's pretty pretty comfortable. Very nice. Well, I'm sure that those listening out there will make a better course and a better have a better online course business if they're getting the best possible night's sleep. So let's tie that back into course creation. And this episode is going to be a little bit different than what we've been doing here lately. Normal episodes, we have a guest and then you and I uh, will play, we'll play the episode, we'll play the interview, and then we'll talk about it for everybody, but that's not what we're going to do today. It's just going to be me and you today talking about a topic. And that topic is, well, why don't you break it? What, what is the topic of the day? All right. So our topic is a book called The Five Love Languages and how course creators should be applying their fi- the five love languages to their funnels and inside of their courses. This book, I learned about this. I was, going, I was in chiropractic school and I'd gone on a group trip out to Washington, D.C. And on this trip, there was this guy that was just you know, picture the smoothest guy you knew, you know, he was like a former quarterback for like Jackson State down in Mississippi. And he was just I think there's a quote, he was, 
women wanted him and men wanted to be him. And so we're flying back from DC and he's reading this book, The Five Love Languages. And I started teasing him. I'm like, that's kind of a girly book, isn't it? And he was just like, dude, my my girlfriend recommended this to me. He's like, this is money. He's like, this is so good. And so he convinced me, I read it. And it's just a book that I make my entire staff read it. I just see it play out everywhere in life. And I think it's so valuable. And I feel like for course creators, it can help them increase sales, can decrease their refunds. It can make testimonials and reviews more likely if they apply it. I would say the one downside, if if you apply all the stuff that you learn about in this conversation is that you might end up with some stalkers around the world. <laughs> so one thing, Jacques, when I'm out, I actually, one of my talks that I do at in-person offices, I ask people how many people have read this book. I recommend the book. And only about 20% of people know about this book. So when I asked you about it, you were like, oh yeah. So how did you learn about this book? I, I don't remember. It was years ago. Maybe it might've been during like pre, what is it called? Premarital counseling. I was I was married almost nine years ago. So I would imagine that it was nine or 10 years ago that I originally read it. And to be honest with you, I've never really applied it to any area other than my relationship with my wife. And it was very eye-opening to understand what her love language was and what mine is. And they're very different from each other and how when I am trying to you know do things for her, when I'm trying to please her, I am usually doing that naturally in my love language as opposed to her love language, right? Mm-hmm. And it's really eye-opening to understand the dynamics and the interactions with her. But you came to me with this idea for for this episode. I'm like, huh. Like you you specifically said, Jacques, I, I noticed four out of the five love languages or maybe even all five in your marketing for your piano course. So I'm like, you know, I didn't do that on purpose, but I'm excited to kind of talk about that a little bit because I love the concepts of the book. And the more I think about it, like I wish everybody could just like have tattooed on their forehead what their love language is uh, because then it would be so much easier to interact with everybody. It's true. And it's good to know. It's good to know. And I'm excited to dive into it into other areas than just my wife here in this episode. Sure. All right. Well, let me break down the concept of the book. So the basic idea is that there's five love languages and these are ways that you can show or receive love. And essentially, the book would say that each person has one or two or three ones that are most important, and they also have one or two or three that they'll speak love through most naturally. So the five languages would be quality time, so actually spending time doing an activity together, gift giving. So the book would really say it could be little gifts, it could be big gifts, then acts of service. So some people show love by like, keeping the lawn really nice, taking out the garbage, doing the dishes. Words of affirmation is the fourth one. So that's actually verbally or written, saying what you appreciate somebody about somebody or having them say give you a compliment. And then the last one, physical touch, which the book would emphasize everything from handholding to sex. It's all in there. And so if we had to break down like the most common probably breakdown in a love language, it would be like a guy's main love language is physical touch. And then the woman's is quality time. And everything's peachy in the honeymoon phase. You know, they're both spending tons of time and just quite frankly, physically, you know, happy together. And then you throw a couple kids in the mix. You know, they're working 40 hours a week and one of them spending an extra 12 hours a week working on his course. And so they have like one hour a week where they're face to face. And in that hour, like the guy is now thinking like, we need to head to the bedroom and make up for lost time. And so then pretty quickly, the woman, she starts to feel like she's just like a rubbing post. 
Like she's being used because she's like, he doesn't even want to like really talk to me. You know, then she starts to pull away physically. And I mean, that, that will pull a relationship in this downward spiral where the guy starts to feel like she does, she isn't still attracted to him. She starts to just feel like he doesn't care about her and that'll tear down a relationship. But anyways, when I talk to people about this and for the, the people out there listening, I would say, what I'd encourage you to do as you listen to these is think of the people that you like the most, whether it's somebody that's actually in your life in person, a famous person, or, you know, it's a jock or Nate and think about why you like them. And you can probably pick out a point where they, they did something that was in your love language that just looking back on it, you would say that was when I knew they were a really nice person. I mean, I'll give an example, you know, Nate, I don't, I don't truly have a crush on Nate at all, but I admire the guy and I can remember a moment. So in the first 20 episodes, he had forgotten to tell his wife about your guys' call. And he was like, oh, it's been a rough morning. My wife's mad at me because I didn't tell her about this. And then he says, yeah, but he says, the good thing is that I nail it on date night every week. Like I'll, I'll share it in a bit, but my top lang- love language is, is quality time. And when I heard that, I was like, I don't know, Nate could seem a little bit like, yeah, he's probably scattered. But when I heard that he like really feels like it's important to do a great job on date night, to me, I was like, he's a really good guy. Because your love language is quality time is the way you, the reason you felt that way is what you're saying. Mine is quality time. Yeah. Now, maybe he was talking about physical touch. I didn't interpret it that way. Yeah. <laughs> we won't go there. So that's, that's really interesting. It's because, because of that, that's your, as the listener of the podcast, as the listener of the first 20 episodes, because your love language is quality time, that's when Nate, like as a person really resonated with you is that, that exact moment where as with other people, other moments, myself or you or Nate or, or other you know, guests of this podcast would, would resonate differently with different people based on the different things they're saying based on their particular love language. Yeah, definitely. So what, Jacques, why don't you share how the love languages play out in your family in general? I've, I've only really applied it to my wife uh, many years ago. So let me, let me start there. I think the, the example you were giving where, you know, mostly the the women may be your quality time then the men may be your physical touch that's just one example and for us my wife is absolutely quality time like you and th- it was so eye opening to to realize that that is an actual love language my dogs can you hear my dog barking right now oh just keep going it's all good i love dogs <laughs> <laughs> all right we're real here on this podcast we won't edit that out how about that my dog is half weimaraner and she acts like it i promise uh-huh. she barks a lot all right, so I learned that my wife's my wife's love language was quality time, and once I learned what the love languages were, it was obvious to me that that's what hers was. Like she, all she wanted to do when we were dating, whatever, like no matter what we were doing, she just wanted to do it together. She wanted to to be together. She wanted to talk and and just have that quality time together. And to be honest with you, that so that is that's maybe my my last love language. That, that's not me at all. And so it, it almost got kind of annoying, even though I really liked her. And obviously I like her a lot at this point. It was like, it was a little too much for me. But once I learned that that was her love language, it was, I accepted that. Right. And I wanted to help, help her get that need met. For me, my love languages, do, do you, you want to take a guess at what my love language is? You told me the other day, you said you're a service, acts of service. Acts of service. Which, yeah. Which, yeah, that's my dad's. He's an engineer. So maybe that, that's an engineering thing. So here's the thing, like the way that plays out in our relationship is I'll go cut the grass, do the yard, 
you know, I'll even do laundry and fold the clothes and vacuum and and do the dishes. Like I, that is how I feel love. So that's the way that I naturally want to show love to other people. And, and I'll, I'll spend like, if she, she's gone all day or she's on a trip or whatever, she comes back and I expect her to just be so thrilled that I've done all these things. Mm-hmm. Or maybe she's been sitting in the house the whole time while I've been doing all these things. And at the end of the day, she would have much rather me just hang out with her instead of doing all those things. And that blows my mind that that's the case for her. It can be challenging in, in the relationship when, when, when you have those two love languages. And at the same time, you know, you, you reverse it. She shows love by by just wanting to spend time with me, and I I just I want her to do the laundry, and I want her to cook dinner. You know, that's 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 how I that's how I feel loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, my my wife and I are pretty similar in the sense that we have different, very different love languages, and it is interesting. Like each of the love languages, if you don't understand it, you would actually give give these people like negative terms, like somebody that needs quality time. You say they're needy. Well, no, it's just that's how they receive love. Somebody that's a gift giver. If they expect gifts, you say, well, they seem kind of greedy, but no, that's just how they receive love. That's, and part of it goes back to people's family scripts. So yeah, minus quality time. My wife, she's a gift giver and we started dating. And honestly, I would date, I would see her on a Tuesday and I'd think I was used to girls wanting to see me like every day of the week. And she'd be like, well, maybe we can hang out Sunday afternoon. And I was like, does she like me? And then, you know, like two, a week and a half after we met, She's like, oh, I ordered you something online. And I knew she was really into like natural stuff. So I'm like, what, some supplement samples? But here I get a package. It's like four books. And I was like, she, she doesn't want to hang out with me, but she's getting me books. So yeah, her love languages are gift giving and acts of service. And it played out again in a really funny way. We would do these Friday nights where we'd hang out and have dinner. And so if it was my turn to host, I'd say, come on over at 530. We'll cook together and then sit down and have dinner. And if she was hosting, she'd have me come over at 6.15 and I'd sit down and she'd like prepare this entire meal and like bring, she'd like bring it out to me and present it in front of me. And I was sitting there thinking like, why doesn't she want me in her kitchen? Like, doesn't she like me enough to have me help her make dinner? So this went back and forth for like six or even eight weeks. And I'm a little bit confused. Why doesn't she want me in her kitchen? So finally there's this Friday and I'm like, yeah, Val, come on over at five. 515, we'll cook and then eat at six. And Val says, David, she says, I've been preparing you these amazing meals. And when it's your turn to host, you just want me to come over and do half the work. And I was like, I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, Val, I'm like, cooking together is the date. Like, that's the best part of the night. And I'm like, I've been over here a little bit hurt that you don't want me to help you in the kitchen or just confused why you wouldn't. And so, I mean, that was the point that I was like, you have to read this book. (laughs) But but yeah, so we're different. And once you figure it out, then you actually have to, you kind of have to use goal setting and say, you know, we're going to, we do a Friday afternoon walk. That's like our main date, no matter what. And we spend other time together. And I can't say that I'm as great at service, which is one of hers, but I really get her little chocolates and little gifts. I brought her home a couple of glade candles, little things make her happy. So that, that's a really, that's a really funny story. Now, now that you're saying that, obviously, you're, you and your wife have different ones. Me and my wife have different ones. I, I can't remember talking about this book with anybody where the couple had the same love language. Have you come across that? I think there are couples that would really say quality time is, is both of theirs. I'm curious, to, I'm curious to see if that is better or, or maybe it's worse if you have the same love language. But I think the point, what, what we're trying to do here is, is kind of spread it out. Eventually, we're going to tie this in, into business. But it's really gotten 
me to think about, okay, what are my kids' love languages? And and I know, for example, like my wife's mother, hers is 100% gifts. She's just always lavishing us with gifts and, and our kids with gifts. And, and, you know, once you don't know, when you don't know about the concepts of the book, it's, it's kind of obnoxious. Mm-hmm. But once you realize, oh, that's her love language, like I, we always make sure, you know, we, we are giving her a, a gift, a well thought of gift for her birthday and Mother's Day and Christmas, like above anybody else, we know that her love language is gifts. So in times where a gift is appropriate, we want to make sure we crush it. And then also, you know, gifts outside of those occasions too, because we know that that's how she feels most loved. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, I was thinking we could jump jump into each of these love languages and ultimately just kind of share where we see the love language in our own courses, as far as both in the funnel and within the course that, that people pay a bunch of money to join. And then also any any stories we've heard from other courses or things that we've seen that people do that like we saw where they dinged a love, they, they kind of covered one of the love languages. And then any tips that we have to share about love languages. Okay, that, that sounds really good because what you're saying is let's let's apply let's see how we've applied it to kind of marketing like before somebody's inside the course and then afterward like once they've actually purchased and inside the course because that's certainly one thing I like to ask people is where where they kind of devote their time because you could spend all your time on the marketing and then have a really crappy course or you could and then get a lot of refunds and unhappy customers, or you could spend very little time on marketing all on your course, but then maybe nobody ever signs up for your course. So it'll be interesting to kind of talk about both sides. Yeah. So the first one I was thinking of doing was gift giving, and it's a little bit of a detour from actually jumping into the courses, but I did want to ask you like best gift that you've given or received or, or both that come to mind, what would you say? Because it's just such a fun question. And we are kind of in the holiday season too. Yeah. we. My wife and I talk about that from time to time because we'll have i i'll have things that she gifted me or or maybe something i gifted her that from 10 years ago and and we'll every time we use it we're like wow that's such a great gift and to give you an example she got me a vitamix probably in our first year of marriage maybe maybe for my birthday I, you know at the time we didn't have a ton of money so i think she got like a refurbished one but you know if anybody's not familiar with it it's a really really nice blender and i've gone through phases where i've done the whole smoothie things or the bulletproof coffee or just it's so nice to have a really nice blender like it's a nice blender and we we both will say that that's like probably her best gift to me cuz we're still using it you know weekly to to this point i mean even even now that we have kids you know baby food and all that that's been an awesome gift how about you no, that's awesome. And you know, that one's, it's kind of a gift, but it lets you like, it's kind of an act of service at the same time because it makes your life more efficient. No, the one that I was going to mention, my wife, I felt like she hit a home run last year and it's super easy if somebody wants to do this for somebody in their life. She made me this thing called an inspa jar. So basically I'm holding it up for Jacques here. Essentially, she looked online for a bunch of quotes and looked for ones that would be meaningful to me. And then she wrote them on little post-it notes or like pieces of paper. She wrote them out by hand and folded them up and put them in this pickle jar. And then I looked online, like she didn't do this really, but essentially people could, you know, actually write on a, sh- on a little piece of paper what they appreciate about somebody. But she gave that to me. And any morning that I want like a little bit of inspiration, I can pull one of these out and it's handwritten by my wife. And so it's just a really cool gift, uh, inspiration jar, if you wanted to look them up on Pinterest. But that, that was like one of the best gifts that I've received. The other thing though, when I think about the gifts that I give, like when I, when I really want to give a great gift, it's like an experience. So I had a lady that worked for me that I thought was doing an awesome job. And she had said something about, man, the best thing in life would be to spend time with her sister. 
And I gave her an extra day of vacation and bought her a plane ticket to Arizona from Iowa to like visit her sister. So it was like $350. It was kind of instead of like a year end bonus, but you know, and then when I proposed to my wife, I surprised her with the, with a trip to Florida. So when I think about the best gifts that I've ever given, they are, I define them as experiences. Yeah. That's really cool, man. So anyways, jumping into the course, where do you see, where do you see gift giving in your course? Gift giving. So let's see. One thing that I include in my in my offer for Piano in 21 Days is, and you have to meet certain criteria, but for those that do, I send them a physical package. And that is the that is my and, and that's not something a lot of people do with with online courses. And that I was not ready to do that at the beginning. That's only something I started doing after selling my course for five years. So that's a, that's a cool thing to add to your offer once you've been doing it for a while, but I don't recommend people start there. But it's a physical package that includes a workbook of the kind of course material. It includes the the course on a flash drive so people can access the, the material, the videos when they're not connected to the internet, a t-shirt, and flashcards because flashcards are important when they're when you're learning how to remember the keys and i have inside the course portal there's flashcards that you can download and print out and cut out but this physical pack has some nice some nice hard copies of the flashcards so a certain percentage of people that buy the course get that physical package do you think that qualifies as the gift giving part of the five level languages yeah 100 percent. so do you know the rough cost of that entire package? And then what, what do people have to spend with you for to get that package? It's $40 for me to have the materials that are included in the package. And that includes the items I just mentioned, plus the packaging, right? The baggie that I put everything in, plus the postage too. And what that doesn't include is I actually have an intern that works for me here locally that puts those together. She's about $15 an hour. So, but it certainly doesn't take an hour to do that. So just slightly over $40. And then basically if you, if you buy my top end package, which is $497, I call it the ultimate package and you pay in full. Cause I give you a payment plan option. I will send you a physical package out. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, what about something like a Bonjoro? I mean, I've talked about Bonjoro's plenty of time. They've sponsored plenty of episodes here on this podcast. That's just a short little video that I'm sending to people when they sign up for my course. Everybody gets one of those. I'll log in each day and send a Bonjoro. Do you think that's kind of a gift? Yeah. I mean, I consider that a gift 100%. It's a gift. I think it other also covers quality time because you know, this person, if you've done, you know, if you've done your webinar and, and PLF style launch, right? I mean, they they feel like you're their friend in a sense, but you're saying like, you know, you're saying their name and stuff. And then also words of affirmation. I mean, I don't know if you just thank people, but it's certainly an opportunity to say like, you know, I believe in you, you know, you can do this. And so you have a chance to really cover gift giving, quality time and words of affirmation with the bonjour. Yeah. And like we're saying here, everybody's love language is different. So if somebody, maybe their love language isn't gift giving, but it is words of affirmation, well, then it is important that I, and I don't know what, this, what that's the key is I don't know what somebody's love language is going to be. So it's great if we can hit all of them in our marketing. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So maybe they're not super thrilled to be receiving this Bonjoro. Maybe it's just kind of indifferent about it, but if they actually open it up and I'm giving them words of affirmation and that's, that's our love language, then maybe that's when it clicks for them. Mm-hmm. In my funnel. So in my, in my like, well, I don't have a webinar right now. So in my series of videos, I added in this part where I basically, so 
you know, I've had this program, the, the lunch and learn program has been going for like eight years. And I basically had three people do it. One of them is, is gone, but, or she's not working for me anymore. But two of them, I still have a good relationship with. And so I had them come in these two ladies that basically for a period of between the two of them, six years, they reached out to people and asked if we could come in and do lunch and learn. And I told them that I was going to ask for their advice on how to book lunch and learns. But as I was thinking about doing this, I was like, I'm going to create each of them a certificate that kind of demonstrates that we do actually do these lunch and learns for large groups. And so in my mind, at first, it was a validation thing that I let people know that, yeah, we're really doing this. And so basically, the one lady, I gave her Welcome to the Gun Show Award. And this lady, she was a personal trainer. So, so this is a lady that was on my staff, and she was the wellness programs manager. She picked up the phone, she reached out and booked these lunch and learns, and then she'd go to them with me. But the story that I told, I I gave her this award and I told the story about how we would go and do a lunch and learn for like 30, 40 people. And I would end up carrying like eight pizzas and like a briefcase. And then this Amy, she would insist on gathering every other thing that we had in the car in her arms and like walking in with them. Basically, I, I was like, whoever greeted us at the door, which is usually, was usually this HR manager at the company, they'd probably think that I was a total you know, jerk because it looked like I was having Amy, Amy carry all this stuff in. And so it was, it was a gift. Uh, the certificates were a gift. And then the other one, my assistant, Sherry, who still works for me, I told this funny story. She had Rockstar Shoes Award. And I told the story. We went to a health fair and she's a total hippie. She was wearing Converse All-Stars. And so after the, after the health fair, I said, you know, I really need you to wear at least somewhat dressy shoes when we go to these health fairs. And so she came back in the next day and she had gone to this DSW and gotten like silver shoes that were like all sparkly and bright. And so I was just cracking up. So I gave her the Rockstar Shoes Award. But if you watch this little video, when I give these people these certificates, you know, there, it's just very good, very good for somebody to watch in the sense that they're like, they can see that I genuinely care about these people. I appreciate them. They can see that they like working with me. The other thing I talked about it the last couple of weeks, but after somebody joins my course, I surprise them with a gift. So at first, it was just a coffee card and a handwritten note. On this most recent launch, I up- upgraded to a pair of Superman or Wonder Woman socks that have a cape on them. Interestingly, I sent, sent them out to these two guys that just joined and I haven't gotten a thank you back yet, but we'll see. I mean, that's got to make that, that has to make them smile. I'm sure. And that was very recently. So that could still, that could still come. Now, as I'm thinking about this gift giving, I think one of the, the big characteristics of it is that usually it's, it's unexpected in one way or another, right? So like if it's your birthday, okay, you're probably expecting some gifts, but what the actual gifts are, you, you're not sure, sure what they are. And so when you're signing up for a course and you're doing what we're doing, I think the Bonjoro is, is a, is a great example or some of the things that you're physically mailing out, like the socks, because that's something they're, they shouldn't be expecting at all. And it just shows up. And if, if their love language is gift giving, they're going to absolutely love that. Whereas if it's just like a bonus that you're, you're saying in your marketing, like when you sign up, you're going to get this as well. That's not a gift because it's, it's not unexpected, you know? And so I'm, in, I'm interested about the physical thing because I only get the addresses for the people that buy the top in package and pay in full. I'll reach out and get their address. I'm not getting their address at any point in the checkout process because I'm I want to ask for as little information as possible because, you know, the less information I have to get from somebody, the easier it is for them to check out and actually do it. 
uh, where, at what point are you getting someone's address? Because I would like to be able to send out little things here and there to my students, but I don't want to be obtrusive about the whole physical address thing. Well, like I, I mentioned that these people are doctors, so I can send it to their clinics in general. But the, the one guy, I wasn't sure which clinic, he has like six of them and I wasn't sure where to send it. So I just said, hey, I'd like to send you a little gift, a little welcome to the course gift. You know, what's your address? And he wrote back. Certainly in the first email, first welcome email, you could just put in there like, hey, you know, I, I like to send a welcome gift, fill out this form if you'd like to receive it. I guess you'd find out who likes gifts. Yeah, for sure. That, that's a great way to do it. I like that. Adding it to basically the welcome email. Hey, I'd like to send my new students a little gift in the mail. If you're okay with that, you know, just reply to this email with your address. And it can be you know, a piano in 21 days mug or something. It's, it's probably not going to be anything super expensive or significant, but it's just, I think uh, there's something to be said for, hey, physical touch. I don't know if this <laughs> we can tie into it, but I love getting mail and unexpected mail, even though mine isn't gift giving. And that's uncommon with, with online courses. So I think that's definitely somewhat another way we can you know, tie this whole thing in and do well. Have you spotted any other in other courses uh, examples of where they're doing gift giving? I don't know, David. I'm trying to think of the courses that I have signed up for. I know I've received a Bonjoro before, so that that's one. I don't think I've ever s- received anything in the physical from an online course. Doc, there's one right behind your right ear. Behind my right ear. Two Comma Club Award? Yeah, Two Comma Club Award. Hey, that's a that's- great one. That is a great one. That Because you actually show it off, which is like, I mean, imagine if you send somebody a gift, you want them to put it on Instagram, Twitter, or, you know, Facebook. It's awesome. Yeah. ClickFunnels is brilliant with that because everybody wants a two comma club award if you're a ClickFunnels user. And I know like Kajabi, which is another course hosting platform, they have something similar, but they use, they do it in more like $250,000. I think that it starts at 250K and then 500K, there's an award and then a million, there's an award and so on. And they'll physically send you something out. I think they call them Kajabi heroes. And that's, that's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. Because I've, I've been very much looking forward to the day to get that. Not just the fact that I got to seven figures in all-time course sales for my piano course, but physically getting that you know plaque or whatever you want to call it in the mail. Like I've been so looking forward to that. That's a good, a good point. Yeah. Well, and I, I joined the Te- Teachable Tribe Facebook group. They they gave they did some kind of challenge this year and, and they sent out awards for people that just brought in like ten thousand dollars over some period of time. So a pretty low bar, you know, if you have a course running. But all those people shared it. All of them like posted the picture and were like, thanks for the award. So yeah, that's I mean, if you could do that in a, a starter course and have people share what you got. Mm, I just I just thought of one more. I I had signed up for so back, way, way long ago. I thought one of my paths to you know, quitting my job was I was going to be a digital marketing consultant and help people with their digital marketing because I'd started to learn a, a little bit about that. And I joined a program, a course on how to do that well. And one of the things that the guy would do is for when people got their first client, he would mail them a bottle of, of Dom Perignon champagne. No way. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a $2,000 course, but that's a couple hundred dollar a bottle, but but people would post in the Facebook group with their with their bottle. I think it's just a little extra motivation for people to get their first client. I thought that was pretty cool. That is, see, that's a money tip. I mean, that justified you paid two thousand dollars partly probably because you saw the Dom Perignon. That's awesome. Yeah, one of the other ones that I heard on some other podcast, there was this 
course creator named Neil Benson. He has a company called Customary, where he teaches people Scrum for Microsoft Dynamics. And when people complete his course and like pass the test or whatever, he sends them a customized Lego that like looks like them. And so I thought that was a fun personal one. Nice. Yeah. So I was going to ask, I mean, is there any tips that people would have? And I mean, one thing is that like, again, you don't actually have to send somebody a gift. You, if you just, it just makes for a good show for people to watch if you surprise somebody with a gift. So if you can somehow work that into your funnel, people are laughing and you just see real joy if you can surprise somebody live on camera and you still look like a hero. Another tip that I thought of was you could like, if you have a Facebook community and you have a few people that are really active, you could send them some kind of a gift, like, you know, thanks for supporting our tribe and a real physical gift. And you can almost bet that they would like share the picture and just be even more motivated to, to try to like convince everybody to follow your advice. Any other tips? No, I think, I think the big thing here is we are, we were maybe talking about a topic that the listeners you know, hadn't really thought about. And so we're giving some examples here, things that we've seen, ideas we have, and, and hopefully people can take this information and, and there the wheels are turning for them. Like, how can I, how can I appease people that who, whose love language is gift giving? And then, or one of the other ones, right? So I think this is really cool. So let's, let's move on to the next one. Which, which the next love language you have? Let's do acts of service. Acts of service. So I think for me, as I'm, as I think about both my funnel, like marketing funnel, as well as once somebody's in the course, I think genuinely helping people when they reach out. And that's, I'll help somebody the same way I would, whether they've signed up or not. Well, to an extent, but if somebody, if somebody reaches out and has, says, Hey, Jacques, I'm, I'm having trouble with, you know, the first inversion of a D sharp minor chord, right? Well, whether they're my student or not, if they're emailing me that I'm genuinely going to respond, either me or my assistant Emily is going to respond with the answer. Like, here's, here's how hopefully I can help. And I would say that falls into an acts of service. If somebody's love language is that, and they're seeing that like this guy out there, you know, he's got a, you know, relatively big online piano business and he's taken the time to respond and, and actually help me with this issue. No, I agree. Yeah. Acts of service, you know, within this podcast, you and Nate, you know, you guys share so much valuable information. And one of the things that I noticed, there was a point where, you know, you've had Curtis Stone on your podcast, even though he's kind of a competitor to Nate. And like you've mentioned him and like, you guys don't get bent out of shape about that. It's like you guys share so much valuable information you've had other course creators on that that makes people that listen to the podcast trust you more as far as within my funnel i do offer people that join a 30 minute practice call where they would talk with my wellness programs manager and just practice that and then i have this part that i thought was kind of funny but when i first started in practice there was a dentist that was running these paid advertisements in the paper and he truly looked like the dad from the monsters. Like this guy looked like Frankenstein essentially with this hair that just came straight across his forehead and this really big head. And I just kept seeing this. I'm like, that is the worst, worst picture. And he's, it's so bad that he's like spending all this money on advertising and it's not working. And so I tell that story in the funnel of my course. And I offer people that if they want an honest clothing critique that I I will be mean enough to tell the truth. And I'm like, I'm not like this. I'm not like a super stylish person. But if you send me a picture of what you're going to wear to one of these lunch and learns, 
I'm going to, you know, I, I want you to succeed enough to tell you the truth if you need to step it up and head to Kohl's or, or, or JCPenney. And so <laughs> nobody has taken me up on that, but I'm sure that they kind of laugh when they are like, okay. <laughs> but some people need that. It is, it is hard to get honest advice. Sure. And now let me ask you this. Are you mentioning that you offer that at any point during your marketing or is that not a kind of a surprise once they're inside the course? No, no, that's a part of the funnel or that was a part of, I started with a VSL and that's like when I'm like doing my little value stack, the whole stack of things you get, I'm like, I want you to succeed enough that I will hurt your feelings if you ask me to. It's often only, I'm not going to send you a surprise message. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a fun one that I, when I look back. That's cool, man. That's cool. I agree. Other than that, other than that, the, the other one that I met thought for acts of service is these people that do like on a regular basis, Q and a sessions where you're jumping in there and just saying, I'm going to be jumping in here at least once a month and answer any questions. So, you know, I think some of these fall into multiple categories. I could argue that that could almost be quality time as well. Like you're actually getting to spend time with this person that created the course. Yeah, it is both. You're right. Is that is that where we should go next? Is quality time? Yeah, yeah, that's the next one there. So, what do you got for quality time? Well, these the you know I always call it levels of interaction. When I'm teaching people of online co- online courses, when we're going through the different categories of things that you can include in your offer, one of the categories is hey, what to what level of interaction are you going to offer? And what falls under that is okay. Are you going to have like a Facebook community, like a community of some sort? It could be Facebook, Slack, some other forum where people can interact with each other? Are you going to offer any one-on-one coaching calls? Are there going to be group coaching calls? Are they going to get access to your email? They're going to get access to your phone where they could call or text you. Those are all the different levels of interaction you can have. And I think a lot of that is quality time. You know, one of the big reasons, one, one thing that jumps out at people when they see my offer for the piano course is on the top end package, I offer two one-on-one, two one-on-one lessons. Now people rarely actually take me up on it, but knowing that that's part of it is the opportunity to spend up to an hour with me directly where I'm, you're going to have my full attention, I think appeals to people, especially somebody that's got the quality time as their main love language. Mm-hmm. What about you? Well, the main thing I was just thinking that in general, you know, a webinar is not as much quality time. And then the, the product launch formula style launch is potentially more because this person is hearing from you each day. And so there's more time. I mean, a lot of people probably go and watch your, your PLF style launches. You know, they watch each video two or three times each day as they're making this decision. So I think that there's some wisdom in bouncing back and forth between webinar and nurturing your audiences with the PLF style. As a part of setting up my first VSL, I, I watched your stuff and then I went and watched Nate's webinar that, that convinced my wife to buy the microgreens course. And when he describes, like, he gets to the part where he says, this is what's in the course. He says something that's actually really brilliant. He says, like, basically, I'm inviting you to come and live in my house for like a week. You'll get to follow me around and just see everything that I do. But the good news is that you're not going to have to pay for travel. And I, I won't make you clean up the dog poop because you're not here. And I mean, I just laughed out loud at that. Basically, in my funnel, it basically says the same thing. It's like, I'm like, I'm like this is the deal. Like, you're, you're coming out and I would be spending a week with you face to face. You know, you'd be hanging out with me. I'd have to shut down my office. I wouldn't be able to see patients. That's a $7,000, $8,000 value. That's one thing that I thought was really fun. Another thing, so Nate, somewhere in the podcast, I was listening closely, 
And he said something, uh, or you were talking about, let's see here. You were talking about the Google AdWords course and how the guy seems like he's really casual. And then Nate said something about, yeah, he said one night while I'm going out and working with the microgreens, he's like, I'm having a glass of wine and just chatting with them. And so I thought that was really fun, just an idea of being that casual. And so for my course, again, I'm teaching people to public speak, and that's a scary thing. And so in my course, I, well, in the funnel before the course, I say, I'm going to do a pre-event pep talk, and then I'm going to do a post-event. I've got one video for if the event went poorly, it's bad event beers. And then I have another one if it's success champagne, where I sit there, I'm like, open this bottle of champagne and, and tell a couple. In each of those, I tell stories. And if you're cool with it, I'll tell the stories because they are kind of inspiring and, and they'd be relevant for course creators. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So the, the pre-event pep talk, I tell this story. In Iowa, we have what are called the Great, the Great Lakes of Iowa. And they're like the only lake that's clear in Iowa. I don't know, maybe 100 feet deep. But I went up there with a friend. We jumped in this other friend's boat and we were cruising around the lake and we got to this part and she said, now we have to swing wide here because the story is that when the Native Americans were living here, there were settlements on opposite sides of this giant lake that's really deep. And she said they wanted to connect them. And so over this period of years, they carried rocks out onto the ice and they would line them up between these two points. And then when the spring would come, the, the rocks would get hit by the sun and the rocks would melt down and drop to the bottom. And so they did this for like years and years then she's kind of like, they got it to like just below the surface. And then, you know, kind of the white guys came and ruined everything. Anyways, I, I just heard that story. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's a colossal undertaking. So in the context of my course or my course, I'm telling people like, you know, when you carry that first rock out there, I mean, you're not going to walk across the lake that time. You know, you, it's a, it's a step-by-step process. And it'd be the same for course creators out there. I mean, the first time that you record yourself on camera, it's not going to be good. The first time you go live, it's, it's a growth thing, you know, where that project of the Native Americans was like, I don't know how many years, 50, 100 years, you know, you and I both took about eight months, I think, to build our course. But, you know, it's a process. And then you got the whole sales thing. Where that story got really got funny. I love that story. And so I wanted to tell about it later and know the exact story. And so I started looking for it online and I couldn't find it. So I reached out to my friend Stacy, who told me the story. And I was like, can you send me a link to that? And she, she uh, wrote me a note like three weeks later. And she said, okay, I reached out to the local historical society. She said, this, this story has been passed down through my family for like years. And she said, apparently it's totally fake. She's like, it's not a real story. And she said, I'm, I'm heartbroken. She said, I thought that was the best story. The other one that was really funny, and I think it is relevant for course creators. So the success champagne, I talk about just how proud I am to be their coach. And so I was a swim coach during college. So I was coaching nine to 11 year old boys and swim meets are super long and you'll end up with these big gaps in between when kids are swimming. This one swim meet, I went into the gym and there's like six of these boys hanging out. And I went over there and I was only 19 at the time. So I lacked some discretion, but I, for some reason, something caused me to decide to show these kids how I could roll a towel just so, and then snap a pop can in half with it. And then they were like, teach us, teach us. So I showed them how to roll the towel and snap the pop can in half. And then all of a sudden it strikes me like, this is like a dangerous weapon, you know, hit the dog or something or hurt, hurt somebody's eye. And so I made them promise. I'm like, don't, don't ever do this to a living being. And they're like, yeah, yeah. yeah, Okay. So anyways, flash forward to the end of the season banquet. And these two parents come up to me, a, a mom and dad come up to me that I don't recognize. And they're like, 
hey, you know, Dr. or Coach Crozy, you know, we're, we're John's parents. They said, they said, do you remember a time that you taught a group of boys how to, how to snap a pop can in half with a towel? And like my stomach just went up into my throat and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm just totally thinking that this kid has like snapped his little brother, whipped his little brother's testicle off or something. I'm just like, what am I going to hear here? So these parents, they say, well, we just wanted to let you know that like John wasn't having, he didn't enjoy swimming. He didn't feel like he had any friends. He didn't feel like he was good at it. We just want to let you know that that was the highlight of his season. And he's so proud of how he can like rip a pop can in half. So anyways, in the context of course creation, it's like a lot of people get really frustrated that people aren't like achieving the goals. And I think it is good to keep in mind that like some people, you know, if you're their retail therapy, I mean, keep in mind, people buy $1,200 courses. So if somebody spends $500 on your piano course and doesn't use it, it was just their retail therapy. You know, that's not the worst thing to be. I mean, you're in the same category as like a coach purse. Always bringing good stories to the show, David. Trying, trying. <laughs> so let's, I think that ties in nicely to, to what I would say, let's go to next is words of affirmation. Cause you know, as people are going through this, whether they've signed up for your course or not, maybe they're just having problems with your particular niche. You know, in your case, it's getting more chiropractic business. In my case, it's actually learning how to play piano or succeeding with online courses a lot of the words of affirmation is just going to come through email. And one of the one of the questions in my funnel, in one of the emails that goes out before somebody buys, it says, hey, what has limited you in learning piano? And in the body, it just says, hey, why is it that you don't know how to play piano at this point? What has limited you? Reply, let me know. And that's the main, main place I think that I'm giving people words of affirmation is I've heard all the responses at this point that somebody could possibly give. And that, that's really a way of, of me affirming somebody that they can actually do it. Well, I actually copied some of your copy. And uh, there's a part where you say, I love you. And you're like in a totally <laughs> non-creepy way. So I was like, it's in there. I, and I know that you took somebody else's copy and made it your own too, because it's, it's worded a little bit different. But yeah, so you tell people you love them. I forgot about that. It's, I think that's in the like enrollment is closing email and it's it's like here here's the reasons here's the reasons that you should pay attention to to this and it's like i give like four or five reasons and like number 4 is like because i love you but in a totally non creepy way or something mm-hmm. i had forgotten about that yeah it's in mine too i kept it in there just like you, just like yours was worded so nice i did want to just jump back to the quality time just for a second paul lipsky he you had him on your podcast but he just mentioned that he had in person meetups with people that have done his course and how then he gets them to record a little bit about their experience like live. So I thought that was a really cool example of quality time that we wouldn't even have thought of, but he said, yeah, it's really cool. You know, a bunch of people come out and hang out with me. Yeah, that's awesome. Paul, Paul is crushing it. He was on an early episode of the podcast, which we'll link to in the show notes. And I think what you're referring to is he's, he's a part of the, the free Facebook community, the online course community and, and posted recently about those meetups, which is which is really interesting. I, I'd love to be doing more of that and more, more of that quality time. Quick plug for that Facebook group. Some really cool people are hanging out in there. Just go to the onlinecourseguy.com, click on community at the top. Or if you're already on Facebook, browsing it right now, just hit the search and search for the online course community. It's just a free Facebook group where we're talking all things online courses. Back to the words of affirmation. I do think, have you ever read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. One of the top tips in there, I mean, 
the thing I say about that book is like, it sounds really manipulative. If I could change the name, it's how to build up those around you and enjoy life more because of it. A person's name, when you say a person's name, that's like the sweetest sound. And it's, it's like technically a compliment. And I think that, I think both you and Nate, whether it's on purpose or not, like you'll, as you're having your conversations, like he would say, yeah, but Jacques, and you would say, yeah, but Nate, or you'd say, yeah, but David, you know, this, like that kind of thing, like does build rapport. It, it says that you're a person that like, I don't know, just, it's kind of a compliment. And when people hear you give somebody else a compliment that they appreciate that. Yeah, I think that's where that's probably, probably that book is the reason that I do things like that. And especially when I'm meeting people for the first time, I try to use their name as much as possible, early as possible, because that may be even one of the tips that he gives in that book is that's kind of the best way to remember somebody's name mm-hmm. is to, to say it several times, mm-hmm. you know, as, as you're talking to them. So that's what I think about that, David. <laughs> Very nice. The other one, I mean, I actually, I think I call people hero both I call these doctors heroes, both in the launch and within the course. So, you know, I just, there's a point in it where I'm like, you know, you're a hero. You took all this risk. You, you went $300,000 in debt and you did this all to help people and you deserve success. I'd say it the same about all the people out there that are starting to create courses. I mean, like I seriously get excited about any entrepreneurial story. I don't know. I don't, I don't care what it is. If you're making a course about how to like feed hamsters, you're a hero because you're trying to like teach people something. And so I'll say, I'll call people heroes. I also love the words, I'm proud of you. And I learned that from Dave Ramsey. If you listen to Dave Ramsey's show, you know, these people call in and they paid off all this debt. And he, he tells grown people, he tells like 60 year olds, he says, I'm proud of you. And that's something that I started doing that in my office. If somebody's coming in for all their visits and they're doing all their stretches and exercises in my chiropractic practice, you know, I'll tell a 75 year old guy like, Hey, I'm really proud of you. And you know, when do you think the last time was that a 75 year old heard their pro- they were somebody who was proud of them? I think it's probably been a while. So yeah, just throwing those in there and, and saying it legitimately in your launch or in your course. I mean, really giving people kind of a pep talk in the midst of the course. Oh, one other thing back to the quality time. I'm jumping around a little bit, but the quality time, you know, in the in the launch and the PLF funnel, I mean, you're telling these stories and building rapport. And then in your course, if you don't have that like kind of like friendly relationship, people might feel a little bit like they're missing that. The way that I added that in is in each module, I have module and lessons. And so the lesson that's like the introduction, that's where I tell like a personal story. And I, on each of those, usually there's just, I'm sharing some story about my life or introducing my dog or something like that. Well, that's cool. And if I could pull it back up to the words of affirmations, while you were talking about it, it made me realize one of the biggest affirmations that I'm giving to people is in right at the beginning of my evergreen webinar for piano. I'm like, look, guys, I promise you, you can do this. If you've failed before, you can do it. And the main reason is because most of the piano instruction that's out there is actually designed for not you. It's designed for people that want to become eventually concert or professional pianist. If you're watching this, this is most that's mostly likely not you, but it's funny that the actual, you know, typical education, music education that's supposed to help you learn piano is actually what's been holding you back. So I promise you that if you follow the right methods, you follow the right guide, that you, no matter what your background is, no matter how many times you failed, you can do this. Yeah. That's I'm super excited. I'm ready to sign up. You ready to sign up? Let's yeah. learn some piano, David. <laughs> because Jacques Jacques believes in me. All right, I got to I got to jump back just for a second here. I know we're we're going around a little bit, but with the gift giving, I was going to tell you like 
the, the one way that you would get me to actually join your course is if you convinced me that it kind of doubles back to where I said like performing in front of other people. But if you convince me that I would like learn a song and play it for someone else as a gift, that's like the one way that you would get me in your course. You know, I was, you know, back when I would date people, I would like, I was the guy that made mixtapes. And so like I would make a mixtape or make, make a mix CD. I mean, I love music. I love the gift music. I just picture like if I was retirement age and you convinced me that I could learn the song that I, yeah, like learn the song for my wife that I, and surprise her. Or if I had a kid and I had always sang them a, a lullaby and you convinced me that I could learn the song. And next time my daughter comes for Thanksgiving or Christmas, I like play this song and sing it for her. I mean, that, that is the only way that you would get me to join your course. So I don't know if you could add that in there somewhere. Sounds like I need to so that you'll, you'll buy my course, man. Yeah, probably. No, that's a great point. Cause I've, I've definitely had people come through that sign up and they're like, you know, I'm really excited about this. Like my goal is to be able to play, you know, this song for my, my fiance at our, at our wedding or something, or like for my wife at her birthday or to be able to play for my, for my new baby or something like that. I've definitely had people say that that's their goal, but I don't know that I'm hitting it hard enough throughout the marketing is like, Hey, you, you know, you could be doing this. Yeah. Well, you got to get those people to film it from now on, <laughs> or they, they might even have it filmed already. That'd be such good footage. Absolutely. Yeah. No doubt about it. All right. We keep, we keep ba- bouncing here and there. Where are we at, man? I think we have one more, yep. one more love language left. Physical touch. The one that at first glance, I was like, I don't think we have it, but what do you think? Do you have physical touch in your course? We, we might have to stretch a little bit here. I'm curious your thoughts on it. You know, at first, when I first think physical touch, I, I go back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, some of the physical items in the mail, but that's, that probably more falls into gift giving than it does physical touch. Although I, I think there is an element of that. I think probably the the author of the five love languages was more talking about like human physical touch than than something than than like an item because that's more gift giving. So I, I don't know. This one's this one's hard for me, man. I think you might you might have some more insights than I do on the on the physical touch. What do you think? Well, yeah, I do think that I spotted a spot where you do have physical touch in your course. So again, I go through your I'm still subscribed to your funnel and somewhere near the end you have like a very just casual video and you're sitting there and you got your, your daughter on your, on your lap. I would say that still is like, it's just physical touch by proxy. I mean, I think that there's some, some ladies out there watching, maybe some guys that just, they're like, this guy is so sweet. You know, he's just a big teddy bear and I want to give him 500 bucks. And so I think that that is, it just shows you as like, you know, your daughter wants to be with you. And I think that that's powerful. Let me give a little more context there. It's it's interesting that you bring up that video. That's that's something that was just something I wanted to throw on my funnel. I hadn't seen it anywhere else, but during the open cart period, there's an email that you'll get that says, "Hey, I just recorded this video for you." You open it up, click the video. It's just a video with a button below, and it's just it's filmed on my webcam. My daughter was probably four months old at the time. She's sitting on my lap, and I said, "Hey, guys, you know, wife's out, you know, with the other kid." And I'm watching Zoe right now. We just wanted to turn on the camera and show you something. The course is available and I give a little more information about the course. And then I turn the camera around and point it at my screen and show some so show some testimonials. And I've gotten a lot of great feedback on that 
part of the funnel. In fact, I was talking to somebody about a week ago, a guy reached out to me who has a photography course. He's really doing really, really well. His name is Tim. He's going to be coming on the show in an upcoming episode. But he specifically told me, he's like, Jacques, I've, I've been going through your funnel. And I got to tell you, my favorite, favorite, favorite part is that video of you and Zoe. It just makes you seem so real mm. that you, you know, you've got the family. You mentioned that your wife was out and it was just, that was his favorite part. And I love it. And which is the reason I haven't really updated it. So I was telling, I was like, Tim, you know, what's funny is Zoe's two and a half years old now. And he was like, what? <laughs> so I probably need to update it, but that video has been so effective. No, that's awesome. I would even say that if somebody does not have a child, doesn't have to be actual person. So when I got a little story that, that kind of highlights this. So when I moved to Washington state to work for this other doctor, I was like lonely for the first month and a half. And I adopted this dog named George. And I was just so excited to have my little buddy along. And I had read about this trail that was like 30 minutes north and then along the shore of this lake. And so I went up there and I was walking and it was dusk. It was like getting dark out. And we're walking along two miles down the trail. And all of a sudden I heard this splash and then a kersploosh off to the side. And then I heard like a girl's voice kind of a gurgle, gurgle kind of a sound. And so I'm like, what the heck? And I like peek through the woods. And here is this like single girl that is like, she has jumped off a rope swing and she's like swimming back to shore. She's wearing a swimsuit. But anyways, I'm like, what in the world? She, once she got out, I was like, do you mind if I jump off this rope swing with you? And she's like, yeah, she's like, that's cool. And so I like, I didn't have a swimsuit. So I just dropped down to my underwear and we're like jumping off this rope swing together. And ultimately, we end up walking back to cars together and, and ended up dating for a year and a half. But later on, I talked to this girl and I said, you know, you shouldn't even have been talking to me. You were two miles down a trail. It was dusk. I could have been a serial killer. And her answer was, she said, well, when your dog was trying to climb up the tree after you, I figured you couldn't be too bad. Uh... <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I guess so, but... Anyways, so the one spot that I have physical touch in my funnel is like my dog does actually make it into into my funnel in a couple spots. And then also I do view my like my Facebook profile. I assume that some people are going to look me up on Facebook and like my pictures, my wife and I are doing things together. We have our arms around each other. And so I kind of view Facebook as, and I guess Instagram as well, although I'm, I'm older, I'm, a, I'm 40 now. So I'm like Facebook generation, not in, Instagram or Snapchat. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that the Facebook should be, your Facebook is a business card for anybody that owns a business and it should really put your best foot forward and show that you're a re relatable and nice person. That's great, man. You're, I love the outside of the box thinking here with it because you know, you, you think physical touch is like, how is that possibly related to an online business, online course? And so all the way down to like a Facebook profile, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I try to be re as real as possible and have personal photos. I mean, I use Facebook mostly for business, but I try to, you know, have some personality and everything on, on Facebook because people find me there as well. And yeah, like you said, if somebody doesn't have kids, I mean, I, I, I'm not, sh I'm not shy about who I am and my family and, and I'll have my kids, you know, on a video here and there just because I, I want to be a real person. I don't want to seem unreasonable or that I'm, I'm just, I'm some, some robot or just work for this huge corporation. Like I just want people to see that like, Hey, I'm a real dude, regular guy. Like I sucked at piano too, uh, but I figured out this better way. And, and I'm I have a wife and two kids and a dog, you know, my dog appears sometimes as well. 
And so if somebody doesn't have kids, you know, tying in a pet or, or something about that personal, your personality, I think is really important. Yeah. The, the one other, so I was trying to think, I'm like, if you don't have an animal, you don't have a kid, like how could you possibly do this? And the one thing I came up with, there's a chiropractor in my community and he does have a wife, he does have dogs, but he puts an ad on Facebook and it's basically like 30 things that you didn't know about Dr. John Smith. And I was like, you know, as a part of your funnel building or just, uh, you know, in some of the emails that go out, you could say 30 things about, you know, course creator David Crozy, and you could put in there, voted the best hug giver in the Crozy family. I'm like, I, that sounds really cheesy, but if somebody was reading that, I mean, like, they'd probably be like, that's dorky and silly, but I mean, maybe, I don't know. You could tell me, is that, would that work or is that just weird? I think if that's, you know, if somebody's love language is, is physical touch, you know, that's, that's, they probably love getting hugs from people and people they care about. And so that probably would appeal to to somebody. Now, is that going to be the difference between somebody buying your course or not? Eh, probably not. It may be a little bit, bit of a stretch, but you know, I, I just, like I was saying, I love this outside the box thinking. I, I hope, I hope people are really getting something out of this episode because it, I know for me, it's really got me thinking about things that I haven't thought about, even though I'm, I'm very familiar with the concept of this book. I'm familiar with the five love languages, but I would, you, you know, you approached me with this topic. I'm like, how are we applying to this to, to court, to online courses? And then the more you were talking about, I was like, wow, this is, this could be a lot of value. And it's gotten me th- really thinking about my marketing and, and once somebody's inside the course as well. So yeah, a little bit of a stretch, but I'm, I'm good with it. All right. Well, that's all I've got, Jacques. Well, David, thank you so much for joining me and for for bringing this topic up. And it's been a pleasure talking with you about it. And hopefully everybody out there is getting some value from it as well. Now, if you're listening to this and you want to find the show notes, review what we've said, any links that we've mentioned throughout, then you can find all of those by going to the onlinecourseguy.com slash 111. So thank you, David, and thank you for everybody out there listening to another episode of The Online Course Show. If this is your first time listening, make sure you jump back and listen to episode 89 for The Online Courses 101 episode. And if you haven't done so already, I would really appreciate it if you would go leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks again, and we'll talk next week. 